okay, God, you're in control. This didn't catch you by surprise. It may have caught me by surprise, but it didn't catch you by surprise. You knew you love my kids. If anything happens, you'll take care of them, but I want to raise them. The whole concept for MOVE is M, make a difference. Oh, to offer up your time, talent, and gifts. And B, there's victory in the small things, and E, to encourage others. And so I started to MOVE. Hello, everybody, and thank you again for tuning in to the MOVE podcast. I'm Scotty Carlisle, and today, buckle up and get ready for a ride. We have a special guest, and you know, there's no telling where this conversation is going to go. We've already talked about a whole bunch of different things. (laughs) So, you know, Sheila, could you introduce yourself? Because there's a lot of things that we're going to get into, but I think there's a lot of things about you that I don't know as well, and I'm... I'm anxious to get started. So where do you come from and and, and who is Sheila? Okay, so uh, my full name is Sheila Romanski. I've been married 41 years in May, and I have four kids. Uh, they're all adults, and I have three boys and a girl, so I love have always loved being a mom, grew up in Corona. Uh, I was raised in Orange, and my uh, so we did a couple of moves back and forth as a child, ended up in Corona at the age of 16. And so I've been kind of in and out. My husband was in the military, so we traveled a bit with that. What did he do in the military? He was in the Army. Okay. Yeah, he was in the, um, he did communications in the Army. So uh, we ended up, uh, his last station was in Monterey, and I had family here in, in Corona, so my Dad lived here, and we ended up in Corona, started our family. They all grew up here, played. My boys have played baseball through high schools, and actually they went to Norco High. And my daughter played softball. They played college. And I actually have, I don't know if you know, but I have two boys that played professional. I did not know that. Yeah, and I have one. They play professional ball. Yes, I have one that is still playing. He's playing independent. Uh, But they both at one time, one was on the Red Sox in the minor leagues, and one was on the White Sox. So that was a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) That is cool. Yeah, yeah. One's a pitcher and one's a catcher. So, And then uh, my other two kids, um, my son is kind of an entrepreneur, does his own thing. He played baseball and college and my daughter played softball in college and she's an entrepreneur too so i don't know where they get all that (laughs) (laughs) well uh, i think i do (laughs) but anyway so i don't know where do you want me to go so let's let's get let's jump right into i actually went to corona high for a little bit that was on the the days that i showed up at school (laughs) don't tell anybody i really was a rebel in high school (laughs) wow so you're a local legend yeah i don't know about that but i didn't know how to ditch (laughs) that's why my kids couldn't pull that much i know they pulled a lot on me but (laughs) well you know it's interesting how rebels end up turning new leaves and and sometimes the craziest rebels do the most beautiful things and you know Uh, have you noticed that I think so. You know, you you go through, you learn the school of hard knocks. And then, I don't know, for me, having kids turned me around. It's like, and I grew up in church and I was still a rebel. And then after I had my first son, I'm like, oh, 
I need help. <laughs> and so that kid's going to need a lot of help. So let's let's at least do this right. <laughs> That's cool. So then I kind of turned turned the corner there and uh, just became a mom and loved doing that uh, until I was 36. And that's when I was diagnosed with cancer and my whole life changed from there. Mm. And that's what I wanted to get into. We will. (laughs) (laughs) So you were 36. 36 years old. Diagnosed with cancer. Uh How many kids at that time? Four kids, all four of them. Yes. And what were their ages? They were in, uh, I have twins that were in kindergarten, a first grader and a fourth grader. Very young kids. Very young kids. In fact, I mentioned to my daughter one time about a friend of ours that was also dealing with cancer. And I said, you know, babe, her, her, the only thing she knows is her mom having cancer. And my daughter looked at me. I didn't get it. She says, mom, that's all I've known. And I'm like, I was very eye-opening, very eye-opening to me. So that they've had a life, a life of living with cancer survival. Now, what diet, what cancer were you diagnosed so with? So I had breast cancer. It was, uh, at that time, they really didn't do mammograms until you were 40. And I oh, actually man. asked for one um, at 36. And I said, you know, let's just do one. And so from the time I drove from the, uh, so this is scheduled in a few weeks. And from the time I drove from the um, office to my doctor's office for another appointment I had, they had already called him and said, there's a problem. So he walked in, and we were going to talk about a problem I have in my ears. And he says, "No, we got to talk about something else." And and how did this come up on the radar? Because it, it, I had a lump. And it, had I been doing self exams? Okay, so mm, so the doctor that they found it in my very first mammogram. But had I been doing self exams, I would have found it sooner. So there's no telling. And what most people don't know, by the time you find breast cancer, you've usually had it eight to ten years. It takes eight to ten years for it to grow to where they can feel it. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. I did not know that either. So it kind of put me at a little bit of ease because it takes a while. Once you get the diagnosis, it takes a while to get everything rolling. And the doctor says, don't worry about it. You've already had it eight to 10 years. I'm like, okay, I don't know. Does that make me feel good or bad or (laughs) what? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so then, so here I am 36, four kids, young kids, young kids, not knowing what in the heck I'm going to do. I had a lumpectomy, which is where they just go in and remove the tumor. Mm-hmm. At the time, they took all of your lymph nodes. So I had like 30 lymph nodes removed. On Through like all parts of your it's body? Just in the air, in the, oh, under okay. the arm, closest okay. to where the tumor is, because that's typically where it's going to spread. Mm-hmm. Well, now what they do is really great. They started the year after. I had all of my lymph nodes removed. They only take what's called the sentinel node. And, and that's your warrior node. And so that's where the cancer is going to go first. So if, if they take the sentinel node and it's clear, then you're good as far as it going into your lymph nodes. So anyway, I didn't get to do that. I had all lymph nodes removed. So I have to watch for lymphedema and different things. How was that surgery? What happened? Like when you, you know, going into it, how were you feeling? And then when you came out of it, were you in a lot of pain or what was it like? No, and actually, uh, that one, well, because especially I because I had 30, I think it was 30 or 31 nodes removed, they were, dig- they were digging around. So there was a little bit of pain in that part. The actual lumpectomy, there was minimal pain on that. So um, anyway, I will tell you, I do remember going in. I laughed all the way to the operating room. You <laughs> so had some good drugs. I had some good drugs already. <laughs> 
Go ahead, doctor. Take as many as you want. And you know me. We've been sitting here for how long laughing already? Yeah. And that's me laughing down. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness. That is crazy. Yeah. So now when you had that done, was it removed? Were you good? Yeah. So that was good. And so um, I had a couple of options at that point. They said I could do chemotherapy or I could not. Um but I was going to do radiation. So chemotherapy is where they treat the whole body. Radiation mm -hmm. is localized to the spot where the cancer was. And then it just kills everything around it to make sure no loose cells are there. So obviously, a choice to lose my hair. Sorry, Scotty. I <laughs> What are you trying to say? <laughs> not saying anything. <laughs> to lose my hair as a 36-year-old or not, I opted not to do the chemotherapy, and we just did the radiation. So, um, and that, the radiation is a chore. It's a chore. It's not hard. It didn't hurt the skin burns, and you have to deal with that. But as far as... Um, uh, you have to go every day for seven weeks. Mm. So that's a chore, because not only was I a mother of four children, I had a daycare. I was running a daycare out of my house. Oh, my goodness. So I had like 10 kids there most of the time. Wow. So, and I continued running my daycare as long as I could. And uh, it was, listen, I, I, I had a great, <laughs> it was a crazy time. So anyway, so I was, you know, I did all that. And then exactly one year later, uh, we were on, I told you, uh, my kids play baseball. Mm -hmm. We were on a travel ball and I was driving and I reached up and I felt a love right here. Oh my goodness. On your collar? By your on my collarbone? collarbone. Yes. There's lymph nodes up here. So I didn't say anything to anybody. I said, oh, I'm sure it's just the seatbelt rubbing and something like that. Got back, went to my doctor, biopsy, sure enough, cancer. So at that point I was considered stage four. Hmm. So here I went from like stage one, one A, one B, whatever it was, to stage four. And this was a year later? Exactly. One year later. Oh my goodness. So I had a first grader, second grader, and fifth grader. And so uh, what they did at the time, I actually ended up, I was doing everything here in Corona. So I changed to doctors in Orange County at St. Joseph. They were a little farther up the uh, experience advanced. chain, advanced chain. And so I went in there and I found a doctor that I just loved. And what I loved about him, I was sitting in the room, my hus husband, I was, my husband was with me, I think, and we were just talking. We could hear him actually like running up and down the hall between rooms like that. That's the doctor I want. He's got energy. He's yeah. ready to roll. Wow. So I did what's called a stem cell transplant. Have you ever heard of that? I <clears throat> I know what stem cells are, but mm -hmm. is that when they take it from your teeth? or? Mm -hmm. or okay. So. so I actually uh, did. It's called you can have an external uh, donor or they can take your own stem cells and treat them and re-infuse them, which is called an autologist or I don't know. But that's the one I did. So it. Fascinating technology. And I think I was in a trial. Listen, this was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm trying to remember all the details. I said I would never forget, but not true. <laughs> um, That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, but um, so uh, what they do is uh, I will never forget the whole experience. I went in the Monday before Thanksgiving of 1991. And I'm sorry, 1997. And they had, before that, they had placed a port and it had these two huge tubes that come out. And for three days. In your chest. In, it was right in, okay. right in here. Oh, I'm sorry. I just did that to the mic. Oh. <laughs> check, check. It, was, it was in this area. So what they do, your blood cycles through this machine every day, all day, like 
for three days. I only had to do it two days, and it's like a spin cycle. It's, so it's just a spinning, 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 and it's separating out your stem cells. And then they collect them, and they I believe they radiate them and freeze them. So that was, I did Monday, Tuesday. We had Thanksgiving. My mom came out and stayed with my kids. I went in the hospital the Monday after Thanksgiving. I was in for three weeks. They do, I had seven chemicals pumping through my body 24 hours a day oh, for three days. Oh, man. Sick. Like, if you walked in, I'd say, hi, get sick. I was just, there's nothing else you could do. And they would never disconnect you. Like, this tree of chemicals went with me everywhere. Shower everywhere. So, um, anyway, it, it was just wild. Um, and I actually ended up with a staph infection. Oh, my goodness. I have no immune system. Everything, it takes you to zero. The chemo takes you to absolutely zero, no immune system. So then they're having to fight this staph infection for me. And I will never forget, I had to sleep on, I call it like an ice mattress. And it was like an air mattress for your pool, but it was hooked to like, I, I, it seems like it was like an air conditioning unit blowing cold air into this mattress all night long because I had a fever. I had nothing, Whoa. nothing to fight it. Whoa. So I... I actually could have died from that. So it's like here I... I like, now, at that point, there can they put antibiotics in? Yes. So okay, I did so. get antibiotics. I think I three or whatever, whatever they could do. So they had to do that because I have nothing. And so anyway, so then after that, um, we got through that. And I had a few visitors, not very many. I was in isolation. And they had to go through like a special room to get to me. Everybody had to mask up. Of course, we're all used to that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nothing. <laughs> oh, that's nothing now. <laughs> a year ago, it would have been a lot bigger deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you had to gown and mask and, and everything. And um, so three weeks. Uh, so then after I was got over the staph infection and my immune system kept falling to, I mean, at some point it was still at zero. It was at zero for a while. Then, uh, I got like a day off. They call, I guess they called it like a day off after that. And then the next day they reinfused my stem cells back into my, uh, system. It was like a system reboot, like wow. a, like your computer. It's a total system reboot. And, uh, so they, the doctor's like, now it's going to taste like garlic and you're not going to like it. You're probably going to want to throw it. Ah, no, I'm good. I got it. Huh. He says, well, I have some candy here if you want. No, no, I'm good. So they start the infusion. I'm like, give me the candy. <laughs> so they, it's just fascinating. So they re-infuse these stem cells through the uh, port that I had. And um, then my body just started rebooting, rebooting rebooting and all the stem cells so I had to reach a certain my white cells had to reach a certain count before I could go out and then they're like don't go to the church don't go to the grocery store don't go to the movie theater and I'm going to tell you the first thing I did when I got out I went to the grocery store Oh man! <laughs> I had to do something normal yeah I just yeah. had to do something how normal. long was that process again? I was in for three weeks at oh, Christmas time so I had oh, to man. have all of my Christmas shopping done ahead of time I actually think as I recall, I got out on my son's birthday on December 22nd. Whoa. So that was kind of cool. I missed I missed three birthdays. My, I have too many December birthdays, but I missed my twins and my husband's birthday, but I got out for my son's birthday. So it was a wild time. Um, and then everything went well. I, now, was there any digest? So I've heard a lot of times when you have um, 
strong antibiotics that it goes and it destroys a bunch of it's like throwing a bomb down in your gut and, that's and why you, you want to throw up all the time you're nauseous all the time and i did forget i did have to do four conventional chemo treatments before i had this so um so i did that i'd already that lost all the all hair all at the same time i or did the four treatments and then i it, it went into, like every week or how it was every three weeks I did every three weeks. And then I went in and had the transplant. <clears throat> and then um, and then all of that. Then I got out at Christmas. So then I was good for, let's see, that was 97. I was good until 08. And I went in for a normal mammogram. Oh and they goodness. said, uh, you have microcalcifications. I said, well, what's like, that? It's not cancer, right? Yeah, yeah. So they had to do a biopsy, and sure enough, it was cancer. And honestly, I can't remember. I actually had skin cancer removed somewhere in there. I can't remember exactly if it was before that or right after that. But it, I think it was 09 I had skin cancer removed as well. My goodness. <laughs> I know. So um, at that time, I said, you know what? These girls are trying to kill me. They are gone. <laughs> so I had to do another round of chemo. Well, I actually had a uh, double mastectomy and reconstruction. I started it then, and then I had to do, again, four rounds of chemotherapy every three weeks. And uh, I did have to – well, no, I did radiation the last time. The first two times I did radiation, the second time I did not. Because I don't know if you know, they can only radiate you once in a spot. No. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So then once cells are, are radiated, then they're never going to... It destroys the skin around. It just destroys your skin. It destroys what's inside. Like, I know when they set up for my radiation, it is such a precise science. It's amazing. And they have to line you up exactly the same every single time. Because those radiation beams, they make sure it... It's as little of your heart as it can, as little of your lungs as it can, because it destroys everything it touches. So it's it's fascinating science, I tell you. Talk about <laughs> heroes. Those people are heroes to me. So anyway, um, so I was good, and I did the double mastectomy, then reconstruction. So, so the microcalcifications were on lymph nodes, or what? where were these? They were actually in the breast. Okay, got Same it. breast. Okay. Yeah, same breast. And so I said, you know, I'm not dealing with this anymore, and... Come to find out, I still have to be concerned about it. I can still get cancer, even though they're both gone. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's okay. It's most of the bad tissue, all the bad tissue is gone. So that was in 08. And um, was that it, I think? So the double mastectomy. You know, my, my ex-wife had um, had gotten breast cancer and then also had the similar similar situation uh -huh. and then and had both of them removed and then the reconstruction and, you know, chemo and all of that stuff too, and radiation. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then there was the issue of the medications that you have to take and how expensive they are, or, or maybe it was, it, maybe it was the chemo, how expensive that was. Now at the time, did you have good insurance? I had great and, insurance. I good. never had to worry about it. And I always made sure I kept a job that had good insurance. I didn't switch jobs until I knew it had good insurance. So, and then I retired from the school district at age fifty, and I get to keep their insurance until <laughs> until I go on the government. What did you do stuff. at the school district? I worked in payroll. Oh wow, very important job. A very important job, <laughs> and it's great when you know your kids' teachers. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I'm sure that came in handy. It came in if, very yeah, handy. If, what if, do you mean they? You had to take their cell phone away from them. <laughs> yes, I'll be right there and get it. <laughs> 
Oh my And that's goodness. just a good story. I mean, that's it. That's not one of the worst ones. Oh, I can imagine if <laughs> if you have if your kids are. I mean, obviously they they're rambunctious. If they were able to become baseball players, right. you know. <laughs> They had to, that had to come from somewhere. So yes. I'm sure they were able to get into some trouble too. Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah I can relate. So, now, stories for another day <laughs> so that they don't hate me. <laughs> well, okay. So, let me ask you okay. there were, so that's three times. That's three, three times. Three times breast cancer, one time skin cancer. Wow. Now, your, your attitude. So, talking to you, you're obviously, you know, um, you're a bubbly. You got a good personality. You have you. sound. You know, you you come off like you have a really good attitude, and you're happy-go-lucky and energetic and all that stuff. When you got the news, like what was your was your attitude the same throughout every single time, or did it change, or how how is your attitude with all of that whole thing? Okay, so the first time I was devastated. Obviously, I'm 36 years old. You don't expect to hear that news. And, um, but I had, uh, and it was before we actually knew that it was cancer, but I knew that there was something there that had to be removed. So I'm assuming it's cancer. Uh, but a wise friend of mine, a pastor's wife, she said, Sheila, don't waste your energy worrying about it. What if it turns out to be nothing? I'm like, okay, I can live with that. And mind you, I have four kids. I yeah. can't destroy them through this. So uh, I have to say I'm a Christian, and I just chose to trust God. I truly did. And I said, you know, I just have to trust God. When you when you say, I just had to trust God, what does that mean? Like when you prayed okay. or how? Everything, everything. My mindset, I'm like, okay, God, you're in control. This didn't catch you by surprise. It may have caught me by surprise. But it didn't catch you by surprise. You knew. You love my kids. If anything happens, you'll take care of them. But I want to raise them. So uh, I felt like, uh, so something happened in my life a little earlier. I had had an argument um, with my husband, and we were actually talking about divorce. So I was just laying there bawling and like, oh, we can't do this. And I felt like, this was before cancer. Mm -hmm. I felt like God said to me, I didn't give you four kids for them to be raised by one parent. So I went in and told my husband, I said, this is what I think God is telling me. We need to start working on it still. Those words came back to me hmm. when I found out I had cancer. I didn't give you four kids for them to be raised by one parent. So I said, okay. I'm going to get to raise my kids. So then when they're raised, I'm like, okay, God, I'm not done yet. <laughs> Let's keep working on this. <laughs> so I just really focused on that. I also uh, found a Bible verse that I love. It's Romans 8, 28. And it says, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So I knew even this was going to work. It says all things, not yeah. some things. So I just held on to that. And took my kids to church every Sunday. We talked about it. We prayed about it. I stayed positive with them. And one thing I did learn, I didn't tell them I was going to be okay. I can, I never did. I said, God's got this. Whatever happens, God's got this. Because a therapist that I was seeing at the time says, well, what if you tell them you're going to be okay and you're not? Then they're going to hate you and they're going to hate God. So I learned a lot. You, you got to take every experience and learn from it. You know, that deserves to be repeated because I think a lot of times people overreach and they try too hard to have a positive attitude when in actuality they could be let down and so i believe that that is an important 
topic. That's an important consideration that, yeah. you know, when things happen, bad things can happen too. And bad things happen to good people all the time. And I just wanted my kids to grow up healthy with it. I wanted them to know that, you know, they're going to be okay no matter what happens. And and the reason I asked you how does that sound when you're, you know, when you prayed to God or what was it, what was it like, was exactly why what you said. You said, I told God that, you know, I don't want them to be raised by one parent, but you know, I know that you, you'll take care of it, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And so in asking that you're, you're literally giving it to God exactly. and, and you're, you're accepting whatever is going to happen. Right. And that, in my opinion, is power. It is exactly. It is exactly. And also too, I felt like after my first diagnosis, I thought, I just felt like God was going to use it. Which, of course, I'm sure we'll talk about it. He has used it in a mighty way with the nonprofit that I run. So, and that nonprofit is? Crystal Roses. Mm -hmm. And we serve cancer patients, empowering. Well, we started off serving women because I'm a woman. That's what I know. Mm -hmm. And uh, a few years into it, so we provide a comfort tote to cancer patients. So I've had a chemo three times. And so we kind of know the side effects that go along with it. So we put together a chemo, uh, we call it a comfort tote, and it's got a blanket. Chemo rooms are cold. It's got Kleenex because guess what? When you lose your hair on your head, you lose your hair in your nose. Oh, interesting. Yes, yes. So it's got Kleenex. Chemo dries out your skin. It's got lotion. It's got hand sanitizer, lip balm. Chemo dries out your lips. So we know all these things. Uh, we put a cup that has a straw because sometimes you get mouth sores and the straw at least helps get it through. And then some people, as their cancer advances, they can't drink out of a cup. And so they need the straw to drink out of. So we started putting a cup with a straw. We put a journal. So you can either journal personal thoughts, keep track of your uh, doctor's appointments or your doctor's notes. It keeps everything in it. And our, the journals we use have a little Bible verse in, in the bottom of it. So listen, I'm a Christian. I'm not a Bible thumper. Yeah, I'm not, we serve everybody. Yeah. And um, But this little encouragement is there for them if they want to go into their journal and just a little encouragement. Is it all the same or are they different? We have, different well, quotes. so they're all different. Okay. They're, they're all different. And so, um, uh, so we do, we do the comfort tote. So a few years ago, we went over to uh, City of Hope here in Corona, and we did a comfort tote giveaway day. So the cancer patients that were there getting treatment, they actually got to come in and build their own tote. Oh, cool. One of the best days of my life. It was just so much fun. Except that I had to walk past men to tell women they could come and get a tote. Mm. So mm. guess what we started doing? Yep. We now do a man pack. And then, um, and I can't remember if it was before that or after that, we also have a youth division now, and it's called CR Youth. And that is a group of youth kids. Tasha Pesek runs it. She uh, has a group of youth, uh, junior high, actually elementary, junior high, and high school, and they serve cancer patients. Now, this is separate or this is through Crystal Roses? It's through Crystal Roses. It's okay. part of, so Crystal Roses is the umbrella, and we have CR Youth and CR Men now. So Got we it. serve. All cancer patients, not just breast, not just women's cancer. We serve all cancer patients. And we provide a comfort tote or a man pack 
for all of them. What's really cool about the kid ones is that uh, Tasha calls the family and finds out what the kid, what that child likes. Are they into Star Wars? Are they into Scooby Doo or whatever? And then we design their youth pack for that, Very and we cool. put things that specifically help them. So our CR Youth Division, what is really awesome is we are raising up youth to be servants and to serve the community, and we are serving. Uh, serving youth as well. So now, where do you get these youth? Uh, these are just uh, ones that uh, Tasha has selected. So she has known them as her kids are in school. She's worked in PTA and just some kids. She's that she, seen how kids she, that yeah, mm-hmm, and okay. it's a great group of kids. They have actually like they just started their own program, and they are sending out uh, encouraging notes to cancer patients. So they each take a week or something. I'm not quite sure how they're doing it, but they run their whole. They run their whole program. How cool is that? Yeah, it's really awesome. So uh, I'm looking at this this uh, rose. Oh, my my rebel. My yeah. sister's my <laughs> sister's like oh my sister's a rebel. <laughs> so yes, it is crystal roses. Of course, can you? So you probably can't see it very well, but the rose is lavender and gold. Lavender represents all cancer. So you know you have pink for breast and I don't know teal for. Um, ovarian I think but lavender represents all cancer gold represents kids so I have uh, lavender and gold and then I have a few petals falling off for the people we've lost and then I have all things that's from my bible verse that's on my stem so funny story my whole board last year we all did this together oh cool so all of my board is less they're stamped for life (laughs) but we were just talking it's like once you work with crystal roses it's in your dna yeah it is like even my board members that have had to step i've had a couple that have had to step back for personal reasons they're like it's in my dna i'm still working with you that's cool yeah well and then where did the name crystal roses come from okay so that is another good story i was I, t- I said a year after I was diagnosed, I knew I was going to do something. I wasn't sure what it was. And so I'm praying about it. Lord, I walk and pray a lot. Lord, what do you, what do you want? I, you know, and the name Crystal Roses came to me. So, and at the time, again, we were just going to serve women. So Crystal and Roses are both beautiful. Yeah. Like women, strong and yet fragile. Like Crystal breaks, Roses die. And that's where it came from. It's just, it's just like the strength and beauty of women with a frailty. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> I do that. I know. I laugh a lot, but I do go deep once in a while. <laughs> Things have meaning to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and when you have meaning, it's, you know, you can bring other people on board, like what you have. And, and how many people are you working with or under, or under your umbrella? Okay. So right now um, I have eight board members, myself and eight board members, and um, we've been as high as 10. And so we usually keep it right at that. And then we have, you know, countless volunteers. We do three fundraisers a year. Okay. What are those? Okay. So uh, we started off with doing some in-home vendor shows in my house. And that's like crazy. Um, So our first fundraiser that we did started, I don't know. So hold on a second. In-home vendor shows. What kind of vendors came to your home? Like um, candle people who sold candles, oh, got it. Okay. that kind of stuff, got or it. they cake, they make cake pops and or whatever those things are. So yeah, that kind of stuff. So clothing, it's some clothing. Um, anyway, so different things like that. So then we did our first comedy show. So do you know Nazareth? 
local comedian. I goes heard to Crossroads. the name. I've okay. heard the name. I haven't. So heard he him works with us, and he provides all of our talent. We do a comedy show every year, usually in March, and it is a family friendly comedy show you can bring your grandma to it you can bring your kids it's a great fundraiser of course we didn't do it last year we didn't do it this year but what i'm really excited about our comedy show because that's my favorite event because i think you know i like to laugh (laughs) so i've noticed our youth are going to take that over they Mm. are going to start running our comedy show next year really yes so that is going to be so much fun and you know i want them to be the mc Uh, anyway i want them to run it all Right. So what a great way to serve the community, learn all this cool stuff, and yeah. empower them. Empower push them, them. Let them. They are, yeah. and they're great kids. They want to serve cancer patients. One of the girls actually, she does. She makes cakes, and she sells them, and she donates the proceeds, some of the proceeds to Crystal Roses. She also, one year in school, she made like that gooey putty stuff. Uh-huh. She handmade it, homemade it, sold it at school. Donated all the money to Crystal Roses. How cool is that? They're, that's just their mindset. I can tell you, when I was 10, I did not have that mindset. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. No kidding. So, yeah, so it's really cool. So that's our family-friendly comedy show. So hopefully next March, we'll let everybody know, because you can find us on Facebook at Crystal Roses Helps. We have a website, crystalroseshelps.com, and uh, we are on Instagram, too. I don't do any that? of that. Is that Crystal Roses Helps? I'm assuming. I don't know. I'm sure if they Google it, they'll uh, Yeah, I have somebody who does all that. I don't do it. (laughs) Good thing. So so we did a comedy show. Then we started doing a golf tournament. So we usually do it in June. This year it'll be July 30th. It's out at Hidden Valley. And so I'll be flying back. Most people don't know, or some people may not know. I live in Arkansas now, so thanks to COVID, but I'll be flying back for that, and uh, that's a lot of fun. It's um, uh, early morning. We're done by one or two o'clock, and it's a great fundraiser, so we'll be doing that, and it's a ramp. What is it? Um, I forgot. Best ball. Best ball. Thank you. It's best ball. Now my husband knows all that, so you don't have to be a great golfer. (laughs) Get a team of great golfers and come and join us, and all of that's on our website as well. Then I was telling you a little bit earlier what has become one of my favorite fundraisers. We will be doing November 13th, and it's uh, Tea for Totes, and it's it's a girly thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we will be looking for 32 hostesses to come in and bring their friends and decorate their table. We have a fashion show that will be sponsored by LuLaRoe. They provide all of the clothing for the models and the models keep the clothing. Well, that's cool. It is amazing. The last few years, they've all walked away with several outfits. So, um, and LuLaRoe, as you know, is based right here in Corona. So it's a great community event. And so I'm really excited. And for anybody who knows Donette Wheat, she is going to be our keynote speaker. And she is actually fighting cancer right now. So she's a cancer warrior. Another one, great positive energy. You know, you've seen her out in the community. Oh, yeah. She's she's great. Yeah. She is just like... You can tell when she walks into the room, exactly. it just lights up, and you're like, exactly. I just got some more energy I know, somewhere. Right? <laughs> Where did that come from? Wow, Danette's over there. That's and what her it theme is. <laughs> and her theme is how to, turn, how to make lemonade out of lemons. And she has an amazing story about a, lemonade, about a lemon truck. So I, ah. that's all I know. It, it's so anybody who wants to hear it can come to our tea. And we don't have all the details on that yet, <clears throat> but anybody could reach out to us on Facebook and uh, 
we can, you know, set them up with the right people. We're working on the details on that. But they did say it'll be at Doubletree in, <clears throat> in Ontario. They did say full board ahead. No more COVID restrictions. All right. So let's let's get it back to normal. Yes, <laughs> yes. So that'll be a lot of fun. We have a hat contest. We have a contest for best table. We give away prizes for table decorating and hat contests. It, it's a lot of fun. So what made you decide to get into the first fundraiser? What was it out of necessity? What was well, it is um, out of necessity because mm -hmm. we give these tote bags away free of charge. And it costs us about $75 to $100, depending on if we mail them. Because we don't just serve here in Corona. We mail them. We've actually, we've mailed one to Australia. So we are, we are international. <laughs> we've mailed one to Canada. <laughs> I think we mailed one to England even. So, I mean, that's not what we like to do because it costs more to mail them than right. it does to put right. it together. But, you know, if you have a friend and, you know, we want to serve. We want to serve. We want to make uh, their journey as it's not that we can make it easy, but it lets people know yeah. they're not alone. And um, so, yeah, it takes money to put all those together. And that's how we got into that. And and now it's just kind of fun to get together, especially after COVID. It'll right. be hopefully we'll have great success because everybody's dying to get together. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it'll be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. And then one other thing that we do, and we, we did continue this through COVID, we have a support group that meets. So. These ladies, and we've had men come, you know, you men are a different breed. Yeah, I've heard stories. <laughs> <laughs> so men don't like to talk like ladies do, of course. I know a few men that talk way more than ladies. But, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they don't talk like, you know, we women will talk about everything. Like, it's embarrassing everything. <laughs> right, right, right. Because we've all been going through treatment. We all know what each other's gone through, and we talk embarrassing treatment. <laughs> anyway, but, it, but they're like family. So uh, one of the ladies told us, she's like, this is like my family now. And we just, you get that bond. And so we just lean on each other and, and keep doing. So we did it through Zoom all year. We did it all year long. No in person. How often do you guys meet? We meet twice a month. We meet on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. And uh, so we've got one coming up this Tuesday. If anybody's interested, they can reach out to us and we can give them the Zoom information. But it is for cancer patients. Uh, right now we do have all women, but, you know, we're open to and so, anything. So basically you just kind of log on and then hang out and then mm -hmm. the and conversation right now, just... And right now none of us that are in the, that have been going to this group are actually dealing with cancer. So we just hang out and be girlfriends now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. But we do actually, I take that back. We do have a couple that come in that are there and they just started the journey. So it's kind of cool because most of us are on the other side and we can encourage them. And that's what is the great thing for me. I love to encourage people. Don't lose hope. Listen, I have stage four 26 years ago. I just turned 61 and it's okay. It's okay. It's like after I was first diagnosed, my sisters called me on my 30th, 40th birthday to tease me about being over there. I was like, sorry, I'm grateful to be. Don't You can't tease me about that. I yeah, am no grateful kidding. to be. Wear so that badge with honor. It's all about perspectives. Yeah. You just have to find that perspective. So you know what? I could have been a gloom and doom person and I was still going to go through it. Or I can choose to learn from it, decide I'm going to use this down the road to serve other people. And hey, I got to tell you, I went into a hospital with my wig on and visited a cancer patient. Why not? Mm. I still am going to have the wig on. I'm still going to have to walk through it. Why not do something good with it? 
right? Agreed. Agreed. And and that's the epitome of what this podcast is about. It's called MOVE, but it's an acronym. M is make a difference in other people's lives. Love it. O is to offer up your time, talents, and gifts. Exactly. The V is to find victory in the small things. And I that love means it. appreciate what you have. I love it. And then the E is encourage others. Yay! So we're on the I same page. It. I love you know? it. It's I cool. Love it. And yeah. and so there's there's another thing is that when people are in hell, mm-hmm. it sucks. It does. And they are struggling mm-hmm. for whatever they can grasp. It's like when you're underwater, that little little breath of air uh-huh. is it means so much and what you're doing is you're providing the little things mm-hmm. and the little things are the big things. Exactly. And it's for two it's on two sides because for the cancer patient, the person that's in that situation, mm-hmm. these little things give them something to focus on. It gives them something tangible in mm-hmm. their hands where they can direct their perspective, right? they can direct their attention to something that is creating a positive. Right. And that's what you're... Now, on the other side of that, for the people that are involved and they are doing... They're supplying those mm-hmm. little gifts mm-hmm. for this. That's also another important thing on being a servant and being and being here to serve and doing and helping and encouraging. And, right. and, and that is really gratifying and satisfying and so yes it makes my heart sing that's all i can say and the thing is when you're doing that you're not focusing on yourself and your own stuff like i'm always looking for different ways to serve cancer patients so guess what i'm here i'm not at (laughs) home you know thinking about okay well i am driving back to arkansas and i've got a two-day drive (laughs) but that's okay it'll be fun yeah but it'll be fun it's with my brother we'll have a great time but the thing is i'm not focusing on you know what i have to do for that i am here talking about what makes my heart sing yeah and that's serving cancer patients and i remember when i was told i had to have a stem cell transplant scariest time of my life seriously it was and uh i met with a woman who had already had one and just the fact that i could remember her face she came through it because it is very hard on your body like my i had to go through countless tests to see if my organs would withstand it that's how difficult it is wow yeah yeah they just would inject you with stuff and i had you like i had to go well uh, i had to go see if my heart I had to do like a EKG mm-hmm. and a total stress test, stress all, test all this stuff. I did see that all of my organs, mainly the heart, would survive it. So it's and then when they start the chemo, because it's a lot of chemo, like I said, 24 hours a day for three days. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it, the other thing is, too, I have to tell you, I know this is a cliche, but no matter how bad you've got it, there's always somebody who has it worse. And I have to tell you, here I am. In the hospital with three young kids, four young kids at home. My mom is there having to take care of them. And the woman next to me, they told me she had given birth to her child. They took her child and moved her straight into straight into mm. this procedure. Mm. So here she didn't even get to mm. hold her baby until after she was done with this transplant. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. And I had babies. We were talking. I had babies in ICU. I had babies that were in incubators. So I just can't imagine. And and the other thing is, too, I think people forget once you have the diagnosis and you do the treatment, it doesn't just stop there. 
Like for me, because I'm stage four, every six months for the rest of my life, I go see my oncologist. Women, after they have all their treatment, they do 10 years of hormone therapy. Mm. And so there's always things. And then, of course, there's the memory from chemo. Chemo brain is a thing. <laughs> chemo brain. I, so you forget things or what do you mean? Well, I, I'll tell you a funny story about that. I had just had chemo and they had told me at the beginning, don't make any decisions the week after you have chemo because really it is a thing. So I just wanted to do something normal. And I told myself, you know, I need to, I need to go get a car wash. I'm going to, and oh, and I need an oil change. Seems normal enough. Seems normal enough. Easy, right? I go in, I tell the guy what I want, and he starts telling me all these things. And I'm like, really? Just seriously? <laughs> Deer in the headlight? Okay, go ahead. I walked away $200 later <laughs> because I could not, I didn't have the thought process to say or the mindset to say, you know what? I just want the oil change. Got it. It just like, it just was overwhelming. And I'm like, okay. Okay, whatever you say. Okay. So never again. That I will never, wow. I never, I learned. <laughs> and That's $200 when your kids are little is a lot of money. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. So, and then, uh, so I always tease my kids. It's like, oh, I can't remember anything. And so my youngest son, so Kitty's like, mom, remember you had chemotherapy. I'm like, I'd like to blame that, but I think it's more. <laughs> yeah, it might just be 61. I'm not sure. Right, right. But I'm I just okay with it. I write myself is. notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I lose. I lose everything. I leave. I don't know what my excuse is. I, I mean, I'm. I don't think I'm old enough to start forgetting. But I just, you know. Hey, listen, I've been forgetting since I was 36. So <laughs> okay. I, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, old, I'm past that. So. <laughs> yeah. Man, you gotta yeah. love it. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I'm grateful to be here and to serve and to just say, listen, don't lose hope. And I'm on a couple of Facebook pages. I don't get a lot because. It's just all the time. And I hear and I see stories of women like I just was stage four. And so then I, I get to go in and tell them my story and just briefly. And I said, just don't lose hope. Don't lose hope yet. I mean, yeah, granted, I'm not have not done years and years and years of treatment. Fortunately, I've been good a, a long time since 08. And um, but women go through treatment after treatment after treatment. And then a lot of them do lose their battle. It, it happens. We just lost, uh, I don't know if you've seen our brochure, the bald lady on our brochure, and I didn't bring any. We just lost her in December. She okay. fought. She was a lot of fun. You would have loved to have interviewed her. <laughs> she and I had, we would just go and laugh, and she fought valiantly until the very end. And so people do lose. Yeah. They do. Well, okay, here's the thing. Everybody does. Right. Regardless of have, if you have cancer or if you don't, we all have we're all gone. We all have an expiration date. That's what I say. That's right. I don't and know when it is, but exactly. <laughs> hopefully it's another 30, how old I might, 20 years. I'll take 20, <laughs> yeah. 25. <laughs> you know, I always, it, it baffles me. So I have... I, you know, I like Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee's like one oh, okay. of my heroes I didn't know of that. everything. Yeah, See, look totally. Up. I'm learning that about you. <laughs> yeah. And... And he passed away and he was under 32. I think he was 32 when he died. Okay. And the amount of impact that that man has had in those 30-something years of life right. is still reaching, is still making impact, is still like that ripple effect. is like a tidal wave, you know? Right. And it was from his ability to basically his attitude, his, you know, I read this book called Striking Thoughts, which gave you an insight to his philosophy in life and a lot of different things. And he has that mentality of 
okay, yes, like one of my favorite quotes that he says is it's not how hard, if, if you want to win a fight, it's not how hard you can punch. It's how hard you can get punched and get back up. Nice. And right. that kind of is the overarching theme of his philosophy, you know? Right. It's like, it's... um. It's it's kind of different than what most people think, right. and and the idea is to go out and and do for others. Right. Um, well, and if yeah. you think about that, Jesus walked on Earth for thirty three years, and look at the Same impact age. he had on right. life. Yeah. He, 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 <laughs> sorry, Bruce. Even. <laughs> sorry, Bruce. He's got a bigger impact. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 still, you know, it's it's um it's it's huge. It's yeah. huge, and and it wasn't because they were jerks it, you know it was because they made a difference right. in other people and and they helped and they they used what they had and they were able to to take it and direct it in a way that was going to be beneficial for others exactly so why go through it if you can't use it for something good yeah to me it's like so when every time i deliver a tote to somebody or we mail one i think that made my journey worthwhile. It did. It made. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard. I didn't know if I was going to live to see my kids raised. I did not know. Every year, what? Who knew? You know. But now, it's worthwhile because every woman that says thank you for telling me that, I needed to hear that today. I can move forward because you encouraged me. It makes it all worthwhile to me. So anybody that's out here listening or watching. Mm -hmm listening to the podcast and maybe you're dealing with something and it hurts and there's an emptiness and there's a fear and there's a hopelessness and, and maybe resentment, maybe anger, maybe something that is sitting with you and that is taking up a bunch of your energy or space or time. And, you know, here's the thing. The worse it is, the more it hurts, the harder it becomes. It is for a reason. Right. There is purpose. Right. If and you choose that. You're right. And it's hard to have a strong purpose unless you understand what it feels like mm -hmm. to be in hopelessness. That place. Yes. I couldn't serve cancer patients the way I do if I had not walked it. My team, most uh, several on my team, cancer survivors, because they know and they serve because they know what it is. They know what it feels like to say, hear the words, you have cancer. You have to have surgery. You have to do chemotherapy. You're going to lose your hair. <laughs> Listen, I grew up with Fair Fawcett. That was the worst part was losing my hair. Sorry, Scotty. It's okay. You look it's great, okay. bald. <laughs> I did not. I did not have a good bald head. <laughs> Trust me. There are good bald heads and there are bad ones. Oh, <laughs> Mine was not a good one. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It, so my team is awesome. They know. A lot of them know. and Or they've been... Uh, survive not uh, survivors but caregivers they've lost a family member so they've been caregivers caregivers oh my goodness they are heroes agreed caregivers are amazing um and i didn't realize that i uh like i said earlier i've moved to arkansas to be near my parents to help with them and i'm helping with my dad 
quite a lot right now. So I, I'm not living with him, caregiving him, but I'm helping with the decision making. And boy, my hat is off to my stepmom, to anybody who does caregiving. Those people are amazing. We're actually going to do something at RT to acknowledge caregivers because they deserve it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know my uh, my situation with Sage and having a 10% chance of survival and being in the NICU for over seven months. And, you know, those people, those nurses, respiratory therapists, doctors, surgeons, mm -hmm. you're you're right. They're heroes. I have a completely those, but I, different and, but perspective. But I'm mostly talking about family members, too. Don't Got forget it. those. We have oh, yeah. the, the, the listen. I my my doctors. My son called me one day and said uh, he had found something about one of my doctors. He's like, you know, mom, he saved your life. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's all right. awesome. He's 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 great. Awesome. Yeah. My daughter right now is taking care of my mom. My mom fell and she um, so she just had so she had a heart surgery. Mm -hmm. Then she had a back surgery. Has multiple metal plates in her back. Then was going to pick up her husband from the hospital who had just had surgery on his hand that almost had it amputated. Oh, my goodness. He was in the hospital for 10 days. And so she, so he had a pick line. She had to come pick him up and had to get taught how to administer this exactly. pick line every eight hours. So on her way, at, actually at the hospital, she's there. And then does something with a tray, puts it over here, turns around to walk towards. And then there was a cord you know those old phones that have a really long cord? Yes, I use those. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've seen them too. <laughs> my kids don't know what they are. <laughs> well, she tripped over that. Oh, my goodness. Shattered her shoulder. Oh, my goodness. Broke her humerus. Fractured it completely through. And then fell. And so who knows what was done to her back. Anyway, my so both of them so now, now are... They're both needing care. They're both needing care. And I went down there because to see if there's anything I can do. My sister was taking care of her and then another another family member. And then, uh, you know, my daughter, when my mom had the heart surgery, my daughter stayed there. And so, um, you know, she went through some really bad pain and then they stopped giving her pain medication. And then she just had to, you know, she's crying and she's just, I, my mom has been to seven kids, right? So, so anybody that has seven kids mm -hmm. has a high pain tolerance. And right? So she was just <laughs> dying. And then now my daughter's taking care of her too. And so listen, okay. Talking, talking to my daughter, the, um, the pep in her step, because she has a purpose right. because she's taking care of my mother, talking to my mother mm -hmm. about my daughter. And she's saying, Scotty, I love Lindsay so much. You have no idea. You should be so proud of her. She's like in tune and taking care of every little thing. And, and it's hard. something special for your daughter. She's giving up a lot to take care of you. Yeah, them. yeah. Give her that spa day or whatever. Take yeah, her to totally. lunch. Because that's, people forget the caretakers. Maybe like, I'll stop lecturing her. Nah, that's ah, too much. That's, that's too much. Too much. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> lecture and then take her to lunch. <laughs> yeah, Or take go. her to lunch and lecture over lunch. <laughs> that's cool. <No. laughs> that's cool. Yeah, so no, the care, the caretakers and the caregivers, hats off. And I yeah, think agreed. I think after the year we've gone through, we really do notice, a, uh, have a different respect for the uh, caregivers as in the medical teams, like, they truly are heroes. Yeah. But the family members are heroes too because they they do have to, you know, many of them are helping their loved one drink at the end or just laying in bed because they're in so much pain hugging them, you know, 
or just whatever. Like my husband went to most of my doctor's appointments with me because guess what? I had chemo brain and I couldn't remember things. So I always had somebody go with me. You know, I have uh, some people in my support group, they would have like take like seven family members and they would all take notes and they would all take different notes. It just seemed like wow. what one person missed, the other person got. So, um, mm. so the caregivers and care supporters are huge critical piece of that. Yeah. Thank you, God. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and I feel like there is, um, there is something to be said about, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of religion. Uh, I believe that there are, there are things when you, and when I say religion, I don't mean your relationship with God. Right. Organized religion. I mean organized religion. Yes. I mean, you know, and I, I have different issues. You know, there's, it's like, okay, none of us know. They're man-made. They're right. not perfect. They're, they're man-made. And none of us know. You know, that's that's the thing about being human. Mm -hmm. You don't know. You're here with, and you're trying to make educated guesses, and you're trying to do the best you can. But at the end of the day, you don't know. At the end of the day, guess what? It's between you and your maker. Correct. Right? Yeah. Regardless. Or, okay, so if, it, if you don't have a, you know... I, I'm not here to say one way is right and one way is wrong, but what I am here to say is that I have seen a power in faith. Exactly. There is. Absolutely. I, I believe that hundred mm percent. -hmm. I believe so, that's what got me through. So just being able to, I didn't have to carry the load. It's like, okay, God, it's yours. I don't have to worry about it. I'll do what the doctors say and I'm good. Let's just, let's just roll. Let's roll. Yep. It reminds me of looking at Sage through the isolate, and he's laying there just not moving. And there are wires and tubes coming out of every orifice. And he's right. just, a, he's being breathed for. He's got all these different IVs. He's got pick lines. I didn't realize that. He's got all of these different things. Mm -hmm. He's got, they, they call them calf fingers and calf toes where the the blood would stop going you know and so they would have to you know vibrate and rub this stuff on it oh to, to get the blood to come back to so they wouldn't have to amputate his fingers right and so and then that's where they would get the and then they would have to prick his fingers and his toes because they would test that that blood for saturation oxygen levels okay and and so and then he had gotten to a point where he he wasn't even like developing the scabs, it was just like a continuous bleeding because oh. it was, they had to do it every two hours, you know? And this is your baby. This is my baby. This is my son. And, and not to mention, oh, by the way, he just had a surgery and he's in post-op and we don't know if he's going to make it, you know, that kind of stuff. And it wasn't just one time. It was consecutive. It was every freaking day. It was like, holy shit, this is something else today. And it got to a point where I got I got numb. I, I don't even know how to do it. But looking at him, he was like in the, in the state of acceptance because he didn't know any different. And I believe looking at, looking back and seeing him, it was like the, the power of letting go. Mm -hmm allows you to hold on. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think acceptance gives us that. So, you know, this, this whole conversation that we're having, I think is, is 
pointing in the direction of acceptance and that when you are going through something that is very hard for you and difficult, it's supposed to be. And because that is going to give you the ability of finding your purpose Mm -hmm. and that that acceptance and that faith will help you focus in the in the proper direction of what you're going to need to get through this right so i i don't know i'm just i'm very happy that you got i i I literally had no idea where this conversation was gonna (laughs) go but but it's been it's been a very insightful conversation i think that whoever's listening to this i believe that some people are gonna get some real nuggets i hope they do because you know like i said go you're gonna go through it one way or the other. And I have to say the other thing I learned is that that's when I found out I was a woman of faith. Because just like you were talking about Sage, when you're diagnosed with cancer, you know, you talk about fighting it. There's not a darn thing I could do about it. It's not like a cold. I could go get some cold medicine. I had no idea. And this is specialized medicine. And I totally had to find a doctor that I trusted with everything within me because... He held my life in his hands. What decisions? And they usually have a team. It's not usually one doctor. But the bottom line is, there was nothing I could do. I was totally, not that I wasn't always, but totally that I'm aware of for the first time, totally in God's hands and my doctor's hands. There was not a darn thing. Like I couldn't choose to eat better. I mean, some people say you can, and maybe that works for them. But just like as an example, Typically, you can't just like cut out sugar and all your cancer is going to go away. Right. It's a whole medical field with studies and studies. And so there was not a darn thing I could do about it. And I had to trust. I had to have faith. What else are you going to do? Yeah. And you may as well smile through it. Yep. Because now it comes back to that impact mm-hmm. and that we're all here for a short time. Mm-hmm. And I think the best thing that we can do is leave an impression, leave a positive Mm -hmm. ripple effect. And, you know, it's like sometimes when you're in that dire strait, it opens up a piece of the universe where you actually have a powerful, a more powerful way of making an impact because you are in, in the throes, you're in the moment and that, and your attitude and your, positive your decision your conscious decision to make a positive impact has a very powerful effect on yourself and on others right so right i i i agree with that it's like and um and i say even in the middle of anything you could be going through anything could be cancer could be addiction could be anything why not serve and get your mind off of your problems so go out and serve. And it doesn't have to be somebody in the cancer, whatever you're going through. It doesn't have to be somebody in that field. Like go, I don't know, go to church and work in the nursery. I, I don't know, something. Go mow somebody's yard. Serve <laughs> in whatever way. It doesn't have to, like the community is always looking for help. There's always somebody who needs help. Go mow somebody's yard, go pull their leaves and get your mindset off of what's going on in here and onto something else. Yep. That's what I say. Or I, what I like so far is go find what makes your heart sing. Exactly. Isn't that great? <laughs> I like it. Where did I learn that? I learned that from somebody. But it's like, right? If, if it doesn't make your heart sing, why waste your time on it? 
I mean, sometimes I, there's things we have to do that, you know, hey, yeah, I've got to clean the house or whatever. That yeah. doesn't make my heart sing, I can assure you. <laughs> but it still has to be done. But yeah, right. as long as you have those moments of things that make your heart sing, it all balances out. I agree. Yeah. Well, man, I think the purpose of what we needed to talk about, I think we I think we're there. Okay. I think we hit it, you know. I think as long we, as we had encourage good... one person. Yep. One person. That's all I care about. Uh, you know Just what? that one. I think we did better than that. I hope but, so. But I think at least that I think that's at least what we've done. Is there anything else that you'd like to to say to anybody that's listening? Maybe they're going through breast cancer. They mm-hmm. they just found out or maybe it's some other, you know, bad diagnosis they got would you know what would you I say think to what them? I would say to them is don't do it yourself get a good support team a good whether it's family friends strangers get a good support team and don't do it yourself you don't have to there are other people who've been there and done that and like I said earlier for me just having that visual of the woman who survived the transplant that's all I needed was to think of her face and so get that face whatever it is a, a verse, an encouragement, a poem, a song, anything to focus on and not focus on what's going on. But get, but definitely don't do it alone. Don't And don't feel, that's one thing I hear from a lot of cancer patients. They feel like they're alone. So I would say that. Don't feel like you're alone. And for people who know cancer patients or others, let them know you're there. Be there for them. Let them talk. Let them tell their story. And don't say, oh, by the way, my other friend who did this and did that, they did. No. Be there for your person. Be in the moment and let them talk and get it off their chest. And and don't forget them, even when treatment is over. Like, I'm still dealing with this 26 years later. So it doesn't stop. So don't forget your people. I think that's good advice. You know, with... Victoria Smitherman. Yes. She was what a beautiful little girl that was. You know? Oh my goodness. Like, I learned so light. much from her. Ah, yeah, yeah, we did it. We too. did a youth took for her. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And I have stayed in touch with her mom. And yeah, she was talk about somebody who served mm-hmm. others in the middle of her battle. I I just will never forget her little birthday party was mm-hmm. not about bringing gifts to her. It was a community event where people brought toilet paper for this organization or whatever this organization needed, or they brought money and donated. That was, was she 15? Yeah, she was 15. And that was her birthday party. Yes. Blessing others while she's fighting cancer. Isn't that cool? And, and what was, what was interesting about that whole thing is that, so we closed down my, the whole parking lot. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch of different nonprofits. Yes. And it was like, hey, everybody in the community, come and donate in her name. And a lot of people did show up. We had a barbecue. We had a couple of um, stars or, or you know, uh, what are they called? Basically, famous people famous from a listers, Di- maybe. Yeah, yeah, from Disney. <laughs> some, some listers. <laughs> uh, there was a there was a popular. It was like I the can't sound remember. Of, that was there chemo was like, brain. <laughs> yeah, the, I can't remember what what. I got to look it up. There was some popular show that was happening at the time. And then mm-hmm. the girl came and, and gave her the jacket from on set. Oh. And we also put a uh, comic book and we made her, we, we published a comic book. I remember book that. I've called The it. Messenger. Yeah. And what it, what was cool was that I had, so how it started is she came to my office and she had made such an impact on me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something cool for her. So I was telling her, I was like, Hey, you want to do something crazy for your birthday? She's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, 
How about a play? I said, if there was a play and you were able to be a superhero, what powers would you have? And she's like, well, I'd fly and I'd have the power to spread positivity. Oh, and I was like, so sounds I'm like, like her. She's, she's got that. She, I'm like, you don't even, you already have that one. And, and so, okay, fly. So anyway, I come back and then I'm like, you know what? We're going to publish a comic book. We're going to make her story. And then I was also asking her because my, my nonprofit is called my unsung hero foundation. Oh. So it's all about people that are helping others, but not for attention and not for money right. and not, it's just because they're trying to help. And so I was asking her, so who are your heroes? And she said, well, there was Jim Steiner, who, yes. who is a fireman. He's a fire captain. Yes. Yeah, he awesome guy. Awesome, awesome guy. And now he's, I think he's been the mayor and he's been I think other, city council. City council. Mm -hmm. And like, man, high five because that's right. rough. Uh, and then there was another guy that was a soldier that had played music for her on, on her birthday. Like oh. he played the guitar and sang to her. And... And so that was a hero. And another hero was somebody that there's a, we have a guest over yes, here. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we should... That's a little nap flying <laughs> So there was a, and what made you, what made me bring this up is that another hero was they went to the, the silver dollar pancake house for uh -huh. breakfast. And it was her and her parents and her sister. Okay. And there was another cancer patient who had brain cancer and that was sitting at a, at another table and she saw, you know, no hair with a mm -hmm. bandana. And then I can't remember if, if she went up to that girl or that girl came up to her, but they had a, an interaction and that girl had said something positive, but then paid their bill. Aww. Okay. And so that little, that little Little instance of kindness, a little tiny a little, thing, little nugget that's made such an impact, and now that person is in the the comic book, oh, right? How so, cool. so in the comic book, so Victoria was the messenger, uh -huh. and she had different people that she was, you know, giving the message to, and then the message was to basically spreading joy and spread positivity, right? right. And so. She had different, and then basically an angel came and and gave her uh, an amulet, which said "move," and said, "As long as you have this amulet, the power to spread positivity will be amplified a hundredfold." And so it was in her dream, and she said she wanted to fly, right? So she flew. Her her and the angel, the angel came down in her dream, and then they flew to the Golden Gate Bridge, and they were standing on top of there. And then that's when the angel said, here's this amulet, and as long as you do this. And then, you know, she wakes up, and, and well, that was a crazy dream. Well, then there's a doorbell rings, and it's the UPS guy. And the UPS guy has a package. And then she opens the package, and it's this move amulet. Right. Okay. So this is in the comic book. And then as she goes through, she had these different heroes and then her message was getting bigger to a wider audience until finally she was in Angel Stadium and then on a Tonight Show. And everybody's, you know, she's spreading her message everywhere. And I can see her doing that if she was still Absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my can. gosh. She totally would. Totally would. No, <laughs> yeah. no question about it. Mm -hmm. And so and, and the the end 
the ending of that party was I had one of the actors dress up as a UPS guy and we were there and I was giving awards or, or we were doing a raffle and then he came up and then he's like, special delivery, Victoria Smither. And I'm like, what, what? Oh yeah, she's right here. And she was in her wheelchair yeah. and then he came up and he gave her. And so I had this big, this big gold necklace that said move like in real life. Okay. And I gave it to her so she could, you know, again, it was just, it was, it was, it was a special day. It was it was amazing, and still to this day, is like the repercussions are still you know it was like it's like that butterfly effect. It just keeps going. Yes, it just keeps going. And now my favorite, I have to say, my favorite spot on that day, she was in a wheelchair a lot. Yes, but when I looked up and she had gotten out of her wheelchair and she and her friends were dancing, yep. and here's this cancer warrior. Like that just made my whole day. So I have to ask you though, is that uh, comic book still being published? I have it. I have, I have the comic book. We haven't published it anymore. It's just sitting there. We, we need to, to get it out there again. I need to look at it. That might be something we need to start including in our totes. Well, because here, listen to this. Here's the idea. I know this is on the podcast, but <laughs> but here's the Sorry. thing. I, who cares? Like if they're listening. They're listening because they're interested <laughs> in the real. conversation. It's real. Anyway. It's yeah. Life. <laughs> so so she was the first, and the idea is it's unsung heroes. Okay, and each cancer patient has a has special powers, right? What do they want? What is, what is it that they're leaving? You know, and we talk to different different people and whatever it is. And then we develop their character, right? And we put them into a comic book and then that's their, that's, that's their legacy, you know, one of their legacies. And so I just think that's cool. And I think we nailed it with her. It's called the messenger. And again, it's unsung heroes. And, and she really did make a difference. I mean, but it's something that is true to form, true to life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll, I'll show you that. Yeah, and, then... and you know, we have a lot of unsung heroes in this area. Oh my gosh. Do you know Taylor Dawkins? I do not. Okay. So she was a softball player at Narco High, diagnosed her junior year with cancer, played softball, helped lead her team, her junior and senior years to finals or winning or great things, had a scholarship to Cal State Fullerton, they honored her scholarship. She played. She would go get chemo, and then she'd be out working oh out gosh. with her, her team. That's a story. That's a yeah. story. And she was actually our keynote speaker at RT a couple years ago. She lives right here in Corona over in Surface Club area. And um, amazing warrior, still fighting. It's still kicking her. She just got out of the hospital with, again, people don't realize – just because you have beat the cancer part of it, there's she's having problems with her body at the age of what, 23? Wow. Yeah. 20, I'm not quite sure how old she is. She's done three or four years of college. So Cal State Fullerton has honored her and supported her. She is a great story. And again, another, like you said, unsung hero. They're all over the place. And she... Uh, Actually, I'll have to give you information. We uh, got her recorded, and her she has a small little story that was recorded, and uh, you might want to take a look at that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, amazing. Another, you know, there's just something about our youth when that happens to our heart just goes out to them. Victoria had my heart from the very first moment I met yeah. her, like yeah. she did everybody. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> just a shining light. You could not, you could not not notice. And, exactly. And I'll just one more thing about yeah. her that is just I'll I'll never forget for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life, I had her come in. It was the day before, so she had just had a year's worth of chemo. 
because she had, you know, it was inoperable and then she got all this bad news and then they're like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to hit it with all, everything that we have, all of the chemo. Uh And she had like a year's worth of chemo given Uh to her in a, in a week and she had to be there for a month and she was Uh just confined to that little bed. And, and she was telling me, so afterwards they came in and before they got the, they did an MRI and before they got the results, I was talking to Larry, her dad, and I was saying, I want you guys to come in because I want to I interview her after she's gone through this. And he's like, yeah, you know, why don't we just wait till after we get the results? And I'm like, nah, Larry. I'm like, you know what? It's real important because her attitude is such an, it an, an anomaly. Light. It is just a shining it light. It is a shining light. And I, was, and I was telling him, I was like, Larry, I think we, we need to get it before. That way we just you know, I think that's, that's real special about her. And I want to capture that. And so he said, okay, fine. And so they came in and we were talking and, and here is Victoria just had surgery and she had um, a titanium plate in her head. She had, you know, her head shaved. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, she had a, a port. Mm-hmm. She had, you know, just, she, she had been through it. And I was asking her, and one of the questions I said is, I said, Victoria, what do you think about this whole cancer thing? You know, just real open-ended question. Mm-hmm. She said, well, I'd have to say it's 65% good and 35% bad. And I'm looking at her, and she has just been through the ringer. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. And 65% good and 35% bad bad and she had already had i think she already had four or five brain surgeries and going through everything every time and 65 percent good because she said she has been able to witness miracles mm-hmm. that she wouldn't have been able to witness and if she, she didn't chose have to see them she chose to see them i think it's a choice i do i could be wrong but i think it's a choice and she, she really was something else. And um, she, I mean, and what the legacy she has left mm-hmm. that her family is, and her friends have carried on. Yes. It's amazing. And it's called Victoria Sparks of Joy. Yes. Right? And what yes. a cool thing. And they help cancer Patients or children, other, right? They help, mm-hmm. they, I think they help with other things as well. Yeah. They're awesome family. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're going to be on here uh, I think next week or the next couple of weeks awesome. or something like that. So that'll be coming soon. Yeah. But yeah. Something else I was going to oh, say yeah. about her. I can't remember what it was, but she was always positive. There's, mm-hmm. I, I, and I know her family saw her in down times because they, you have to have them. They were there. But she just chose to turn it all into good. Yep. So you hear that, guys? You hear that out there? If you're having some kind of horrible situation, <laughs> right? you have the choice. You can, you can use that and turn that into the turbochargers and catapult your right. situation into positivity. Exactly. It's a choice. It is. It is. But, and it was your choice to come here and talk to me today. Exactly. So. Why not? <laughs> you, I get Sheila. to jump in the truck tonight and drive to Arkansas. Oh man. <laughs> but I got to tell so. you, it is beautiful back there. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I don't miss this California traffic or smog. I have to say. 
Yeah, I don't know too many people that would. (laughs) I flew it on the airplane. I'm like, oh, there's that nice brown air. (laughs) We don't have that. We just have tornadoes. Yeah, well. (laughs) And rainstorms. Everything's a little slower over there. It is a lot slower. Yeah. So we we actually, just so you know, we are not stopping serving here in California. My team is continuing. So I'm actually going to start, have already been started and working in Arkansas for several years. We've already been supporting cancer patients there. Well, I lived here. So now we'll just start a team that will be working out of that area to serve that area. So Very just cool. keep rolling. <laughs> Got to do it. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's your choice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so if there's anything I can do to help, uh, let me know. I'll do whatever I can. And Have you liked our Facebook page? I, I you know, I, <laughs> I'll do that. Okay. I think I've liked maybe two pages. Of okay, so, go like our so, Facebook yeah. page and share. And it's Crystal Roses. Crystal helps. Roses. Uh, I think on Facebook it's Crystal Roses one, but our our website is Crystal Roses Helps. Got it. Okay. So if anybody wants to help donate, so you can get those those tote bags. Yes, get those out to everybody. They can participate in our fundraising events. We have a great team, hard workers. Awesome. It's all good. Awesome. With a bunch of tattoos now too, right? <laughs> a bunch of rebels. I know. A bunch of rebels. <laughs> That's pretty Wait, cool. Wait, I though. hope all their husbands and wives, our husbands and family members know, because if not, they do now. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. I'm getting, in, getting in trouble. <laughs> Gotta it's all love good. it. Gotta love cool. it. Cool. All right. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Well, we've been talking for what? It seems like. It's been a while. <laughs> we talked. Because we, we started about. talking before. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But you know, I was going to say, and I, I know we're just kind of chatting right now, but one thing we don't think about some of the legacy that we leave behind. So I have a grandfather who was killed at Iwo Jima. He was 23 or 24 years old. He had no idea that all these years later, like my kids, like his grandkids, his great grandkids, we're still talking about him and the sacrifice that he made. So we actually, a couple Memorial Days ago, we had an event for my mom, who was five years old or four years old when he died. She didn't get to go to his funeral. When they brought him stateside, she didn't get to do anything. We didn't know what happened to his medals. We had all of his medals reproduced, and my uncle built a shadow box for them, and we found a World War II flag, and uh, the military group back there did a whole fun- like presentation for my mom. Wow. And so now my, my kids, we all, it was followed by the TV back there. And so we are all talking about my grandfather. You don't know. We None of us knows how far our legacy is going to go. I guarantee you when my grandfather landed, he had no idea that all these years later, his great grandkids would be talking about wow. him and what a great hero he was. We just don't know. We're all made to be heroes, I think. So it's interesting because the reason I started the My Unsung Hero Foundation mm-hmm. was I was doing a speech in Toastmasters. Okay. And the speech was My Unsung Heroes. Nice. And I talked about my heroes, who was Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. David Copperfield, because he does magic. Okay. I love that guy. And you like magic? Yep. And Greg Luganus, because I was in Wilcox and there was only one pool. There was only, that was it. In the summer, it was a real small town. Uh-huh. And the only thing there was to do was go to the to this pool. Okay. And I used to just love going and jumping off the diving boards. And I'd try a bunch of crazy flips. And I would be doing things at 10 years old that the lifeguards wouldn't even try. Just because, you know, I had brothers that beat me up. That probably had something to do with it. But anyway, <laughs> but the point is that 
and Greg Luganis was an amazing diver and he hit his head on the Olympics and then still, you know, the gold chant gold, uh, he won the gold medal and it yeah. was like one of the craziest moments. But so the, the speech was, so I have these heroes, but now at this stage of my life, I look back and I see the real heroes did not, it's, it's the unsung heroes. Right. And, and for that, it was my dad mm -hmm. because he represented toughness. One time he, he was, um, he had a, a, a skill saw and he sawed part of his finger off and then he just picked it up and was like, Oh, let's go. And drove himself to the, to the, you know, hospital. And so he, he represented toughness. And then I had my coach, my coach, he was like a, a velvet boot. You know, he kicked me in the butt because mm -hmm. I was in a lot of trouble at the time. I talk about being a rebel and, and he had <laughs> a lot of, get a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, those, he would drive me home from wrestling practice and then he would use that time to, to get in my head and say, Hey, you know, you, you don't have to, to do that. You can have the choice to do this. And at the time it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but it was cool because I looked up to him and, um, and then my, my little brother and my little brother represented hope because oh. he had gotten into heroin. Oh. He had been molested when he was a kid and he grew up with a lot of anger issues oh. and gangs, drugs, crime name it he did it uh twice <laughs> you know and but at some point he turned his life around and he was able to join the military mm -hmm. and became a productive member of society got married and had a little family and he represented hope because if he could do that and turn his life around yes we can all do that exactly and and the message was hey you if you're in depression right now there's probably somebody out there like me, because I didn't tell these people. That was the other thing. I didn't tell them how much they meant to me. So there was probably somebody out there like that that looks how I look at them, looking at you, and they just didn't tell you. But you, mm. but they're out there. And if you have somebody that meant something to you, go tell them because tomorrow's not Great promised. And because I had lost my dad. Mm -hmm. And then anyway, so my brother was, and, and I was his big brother. So I mm -hmm. always knew how much he cared about me how much he looked up to me and and I didn't tell him as much how much he meant to me how important his I well he got killed in a motorcycle accident oh wow and so that's where I again it was like a coping mechanism and I said you know what I created the TLC award Tori Lee Carlisle nice. and that is why I have done different things to help people in his name. So awesome. that V-Day Festival of Giving mm -hmm. was the second TLC award. That's why nice. all of that came together because I created the V-Day Festival uh -huh. as a, as a, uh, in reverence of, Honor of, your of brother. my little brother. Uh -huh. And awesome. so, and, and that's so he had thing. no idea. And that he had no idea. All the, however many years later, he would be honored that way. I think that's great. And we're going to launch another podcast called My Unsung Hero. And it okay. is going to be people who have had unsung heroes and they'll be able to tell them on on air basically yes. what an important thing that this person was. Because most of the people, they just, they just don't know. Yeah. So how cool would it be if yeah. you just got a phone call out of nowhere and said, hey, and then... You know, there's been something I wanted to tell you a long time. Oh, you know, what is it? And just have a have a, a transfer of emotion. And you moment. know what just came to mind? I was thinking um, about unsung heroes. 
uh, like there are people that don't feel like like their lives have been kind of calm and they don't have like the tragedies or the things to overcome and like our donors they are also unsung heroes and I it just kind of struck me it's like they really are because they may not be able to go in and touch a cancer patient but they donate and allow those who can or any organization right. any organization like you know addiction you know you may not be able to go in and touch them personally but you are an unsung hero because you become a champion with your dollars yes and that's also a great unsung hero absolutely maybe there's an event coming on the horizon that we can co-sponsor or go in and the idea for the unsung heroes is to help people helping people so so like i was trying to have um create a platform create a community that is helping others where we take all of our all of our nonprofits that are in the in a certain area and come and and donate to all of them you know or, or come and, and and so just have a party and you know it was a, yeah. i gotta say that day with victoria was a fun day it was a fun day Good. Something I will never forget. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been fun. It has. I know. Been I could probably. It seems like we could talk for <laughs> could. another. I don't know how long we've we been talking. It seems like we could go for another hour. <laughs> <At least. laughs> poor I people. So. <laughs> <laughs> Your poor audience. <laughs> well, most of them are probably stuck in the traffic right now, so know, they're right? probably giggling and gives them something to do. <laughs> but, well, Sheila, again, thank you for your time. Thank, thank you for you. your time. Thank you for your talent and your gifts and your attitude thank and you. your encouragement thank you. and your story. Thank you. Grateful to be here and share it. Right? Awesome. Yes. And for you listening, I think that's all, folks. All right. Uh, I love you and we'll see you next time. Thank you for watching or listening to the Move Podcast. <laughs>